You are listening to the Heritage Ag Solutions Podcast here in Monmouth, Illinois. I'm Justin Alleman. On our show, we discuss agronomy, grain marketing, and other topics to help you improve your profitability. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Porter, who we have talked to a couple of times before. And in today's conversation, Stephanie reflects on her role as soybean product manager for Golden Harvest. She talks about the soybean industry and its future, as well as what's next for her. Here is our conversation. All right. Well, today we are talking with Stephanie Porter. And Stephanie, we've had you on the show a couple times before uh, as the soybean product manager for Golden Harvest. But the reason I wanted to connect with you today is that you have actually transitioned from that role to something brand new. So tell us, what is next for Stephanie Porter? So what is next for me is that I recently took a new position with the Illinois Soybean Association, and I'm going to be an outreach agronomist for them. Okay, so I want to discuss your new position, outreach agronomist, a little more in detail later. Uh, But first, I want to ask, as you look back on your time with Golden Harvest, what is the most significant thing that you learned during that time? So I think I started out as an agronomist in West Central Illinois uh, for about a year and a half. And then I transitioned into the soybean product manager role. So that's what I've been doing the last two years, two and a half years or so. Um, So I think that the biggest thing that I learned was, you know, just how important it was to, to, to listen to the field or listen to the customer. Um, especially when it comes to soybeans, because uh, there's so much, you know, changes going on. Um, and I know we'll, we may go more into that later, but it's just so important to get, you know, I learned the word feedback. Uh, that was very important in my job. So one of the main things that I did was listen not only to the customer, but also, you know, our district managers and reps and, and so on, and trying to, to nail and what the customer is wanting, basically. Um, and then I think for me, um, I entered a new frontier. Uh, I had an agronomy background. And so uh, me moving into the marketing reign, um So basically, I learned a lot of the power of marketing. I was fascinated by it. I'm going to probably use some of that in my current position, but also, you know, the the importance of communication and teamwork. Um, And I think lastly, probably um, the thing that fascinated me the most would be, you know, just some of the people that I had developing strategies and how I was able to execute those strategies, for example, pricing. Um, that was one of the, the, the coolest things that I learned, um, probably, and that, that I'll take away overall. And um, I think, you know, just to sum it up, I, I also really enjoyed that we were having a lot of different people from different backgrounds within the seed industry coming together. So, you know, a lot of different cultures and and trying something new um, going forward and not just trying to repeat what others are doing in the industry. And so I really appreciated that. And um, again, I'll take a little bit of everything that I, I learned and carried forward with me in my career. Very cool. 
Very cool. And I think I saw on social media, you described your time um, in this role as soybean product manager over the last couple of years as some of the most challenging in your career. And you've already kind of touched on that. But what challenges did you have to overcome specifically working in the soybean industry? Well, I think overall, um, it's still probably a male dominated field. Um, and it's not just, you know, that company, it's all companies within agriculture. Um, and then I, I, I guess overall, um, you know, I had to, uh, you know, flip an entire portfolio. (laughs) So we had a lot of new products, probably introduced the most new products we've ever, uh, launched maybe within golden harvest history. So that was really cool. Um, and I was in charge of a portfolio, you know, across our whole entire footprint. So both East and West golden harvest. So from North Dakota, all the way down to Kentucky, um, you know, and then, you know, Michigan, Ohio down to, uh, Kansas. So, um, so if, that was, if there was a golden harvest being planted somewhere, anywhere, it had your fingerprints on it. Well, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And that was super cool. And then, um, and then also probably just launching a brand new series, gold series. So that was exciting. Uh, I was able to do that and had a lot of fun with it wearing gold jack- jackets and such. And then I would say, lastly, is just bringing um, the last two years some of the the pricing strategy to life. Um, so that was um, something that I didn't think that I would enjoy, but probably enjoyed the most. Cool. Sure. So um, we as as growers and seed advisors, we know the changes that have taken place, but then on your side as the product manager, what were some of those biggest changes that took place that you had to adapt to? So I think the biggest thing is the soybean industry is constantly changing. Um, it's never, never the same. And that has a lot to do with, of course, um, the changing of some, the, the weed challenges that we have and the constant change of herbicides and um, whether or not um, kind of We've had some issues in the past with the D word, I call it, uh, so dicamba. <laughs> and so um, I think, you know, it was, um, you would think it would be a little easier for us. We had a multi-traded company, so we offered choice, but we had to figure out, it was one of my, you know, my job, you know, what does Golden Harvest want to sell and what what are the customers wanting? And so it was constantly, at, you go back to listening to the field and the customer and what are they wanting? And they may, you know, we, we may go and forecast what we need at one point in time, but then you wait in six months and you can have different things that happen within the industry. You know, for example, different state or federal regulations, um, you know, and so on. Um, And those can cause people to make different decisions on their their farm. And so we just want to make sure, or I wanted to make sure that I, I had enough for people like you to sell. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like all of, managing all of these different facets of what's going on really prepared you for what comes next. And you said um, your your position or title is outreach agronomist. So what does that new role for you look like with Illinois Soy? So if anybody's familiar with me, uh, especially my husband, um, I've had a lot of different jobs 
podcast. Um, uh, a lot of those were attributed to our fine state not having funding for several jobs. But um, so I've worked from everywhere from a lot of different places in the industry. So um, for crop consultant, I worked for uh, University of Illinois Extension in the county. I worked on campus in the plant clinic as a diagnostician. I worked for Soil and Water Conservation District. So worked closely um, with those and um, federal, uh, not not for the federal, but uh, was familiar with some of the, the programs there um, with NRCS. And then, you know, made the change to industry in the last 10 years, the seed industry. So I think a little bit uh, uh, all of that is going to help me. And I'm going to do a little bit of what I did, I think, previously in extension and soil and water. And, and that would be to execute some programming, um, whether that be, um, you know, Illinois soy uh, advisor type programs. So better bean series um, or, you know, just general um, outreach. They're doing a lot, so much right now, um, all over the state, uh, whether it be a field day in the evening, you know, they're having tailgate talks. Um, and then we're also going to be, uh, there's so many things they want to do, but th they just didn't have the staff to do it. And so we're really excited to bring a, a whole bunch of, of ideas to life. Um, we have a whole realm of grants um, and projects that people are going to be working on across the state. And so it's going to be my job to, you know, bring that information out to you in different ways, whether that be social media, whether it be a blog, a newsletter, a TikTok video, per se. TikToks, or, yeah, do it. <laughs> I know it's been mentioned, I know, um, or Facebook or, or, or other. Um, even a podcast like this. So I'm pretty excited uh, to get started. Very cool. Very cool. We are looking forward to seeing your content shared and we'll be sure to keep an eye out for that. So I guess explain to me a little bit, uh, me as a farmer, why are groups like Illinois Soy and other um, associations like that necessary? Why do we need organizations to advocate for farmers? I think it's especially important in Illinois. Uh, we are the number one state that is producing soybeans. And I think that, you know, even our family growing soybeans on a farm, we need a voice um, out there, um, not only to learn and, and grow better, higher yields, of course, that's needed. But, you know, in Washington, D.C., I mean, we're constantly um, up against things that we may not hear about every day. We don't you know, a lot of people may not keep up on it, but we, we constantly have changes and, and obstacles to overcome and we need a voice. And I think that's why Illinois Soybean Association is important, especially in a state like ours um, where we may not have a lot of funding for other avenues um, just because of the state, uh, uh, our state, the state of our state uh, and the, and and some of our issues with, um, you know, uh, funding. So I think that's another reason that makes Illinois Soybean Association very important. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For sure. Uh, now, we've heard about some of these initiatives like renewable green diesel or other products that soybeans can be used for. Uh, where do you see the soybean industry, say, five years from now? I would say we're going to continue to be 
under a lot of scrutiny um, for pesticides, herbicides. I think that's going to be the biggest issue to watch out for. Um, constant with fertility regulations, you know, we we have a focus, I think, on sustainability. Um, and so we really need to be good stewards of the land. And so I think we're not only going to want to have higher yields, but higher yields may be doing it in a more sustainable way. And that doesn't mean that every farmer has to farm the same, um, but there's going to be different avenues that we can take to, to just help be better stewards overall. And um, I think Lastly, I mean, it's going to be very important for people to realize um, we're going to be having a lot higher yields, but um, we're going to have some years here now that we're going to have much higher inputs. Um, so th I think that's going to be very important going forward. And um, just saw something on Twitter that's kind of, you know, from U of I um, economics just stating, you know, this year that farmer's not going to be making as much money as we have in the past. And so I think that's the biggest thing is going forward is how are we going to raise high yields um, and, and lower profits for the farmer um, as well as doing it in a sustainable manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and if we, you talked about higher yields. So if we look at kind of just trend line yields over the last, you know, couple of decades, improvements in the industry, that type of thing, where do you think I could expect my soybeans to yield in, say, 10 years or 20 years on down the road? You know, is, is there a yield plateau or if we keep managing it well, is the sky the limit? I think eventually there is a plateau, but we will continually go higher. I don't mm -hmm. know if I, I don't think I can totally say, you know, exactly how high we can go, but we know that there has been some that um, have proven that we can have some pretty darn high yields. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know what the ceiling is, but um, I think we're going to get up to maybe 150 or so. Um, who knows? Well, and like you said, doing it in a sustainable way, you know, managing our inputs and what's environmentally friendly and sustainable. Um, that's kind of where things are headed in the future. Yeah, I, I know we we uh, I've been to a couple field days lately um, here and we listen to people that have gotten really high yields. But um, what it comes down to is return on investment as well. So, you know, for example, I had somebody come up to me and say, you know, do, do you, should you put two, two rounds of fungicide and insecticide on soybeans? Well, you can, but, are, you know, is that, you know, are you going to get a return on investment with that, um, mm -hmm. especially with inputs being so high? So I think that there has to be a fine balance there in order to uh, go forward into the future. Sure. Well, so we live and farm in West Central Illinois here, and it's a corn country. So sell me as a <laughs> farmer on why I should be excited to plant soybeans. You know, we've got a lot of our customers, a lot of our listeners, people in the area that might do continuous corn or two or three years corn and then a year of soybeans. So why are soybeans something that we should be excited about? I think, you know, we still have a lot to overcome, but uh, in the last 10 years or so, 10 years, I think that the popularity of soybeans have really grown. Uh, of course, they're a great crop for rotation. 
um, not only to break up those disease issues, but also weeds. So I think they're much needed. Um, also, you know, with corn rootworm, we haven't had a big issue um, per se in most of Illinois, maybe a little bit in the north a lot. But again, good rotation crop to help break up some of those pests. But I think that we've really learned that it, it you know, beans can yield and they can be profitable. Um, I think they're a little easier crop um, and maybe, you know, I think less inputs uh, compared to corn. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I think that I think it's all in the way we've treated it. So I know you like to tease me. You're saying a lot of people like to tease me, not just you, but it's just, a you know, a, a rotational crop or cover crap or so uh, i've heard poverty poverty pee you know go sure, on and on sure yep yep <laughs> but i think that we've really proven especially in illinois that we can really get some high yields with soybeans and that uh, it's not just a secondary crop it can be a primary crop on your farm Mm-hmm. yeah for sure no i've had someone tell me that if you know you could guarantee me uh mid 70 yield and look at comparing input costs and things beans all the way over over <laughs> corn so um yeah we'll get there i think we'll get there as the yields continue to improve and management a lot of these like early planted beans especially with a quality uh seed treatment on it and it's only going to get better from there exactly yep. and i think we'll continue to learn um we learned a lot about you know with this the six the secrets of success from um, for example, from Dr. Bilo, um, but here we are 10 years later and, you know, who would have ever thought people would have planned as early as they do now. And so I think we'll continue to, to change and, and, you know, change certain habits or management practices. And I think the new frontier that people are really wanting to learn about are some of the, um, you know, biologicals going forward. And again, uh, a lot of the, the cover crops and those types of things, I think those are going to be huge into the future. Um, just trying to learn how to deal with not only, um, you know, what we're dealt with with pests, but also the weather going mm -hmm. forward. As we, you know, as it rained again today, and I know a lot of people are suffering from drought. So these are just some things I think what we're up against in Illinois is, is Mother Nature, um, just to break it down. We have a lot going for us. And so how are we going to continue into the future um, and deal with with Mother Nature for I sure. think, going forward? I mean, corn may be king, but soybeans are queen. There you go. There you have it. So, all right, well, I want to pivot a little bit, and your followers on social media will know that from time to time you post uh, various recipes or dishes. So, let's see, <laughs> a slow cooker honey garlic chicken and then some green beans and carrots. Uh, did, was that as good as it looks? Yes, it was very good. So, I have been traveling a lot and uh, just started a new job, and so I was able to get back into the kitchen uh this weekend um and i think i've shared with you before but um most people don't know i i've shared a lot so maybe people are learning but i have a ton of food allergies so i've learned to cook and um i'm hungry so i've learned to get new recipes and that was a new one that i tried and my whole family liked it and it was easy and that's what i like 
All right. Do you have any closing thoughts for us as we wrap up the episode? Just kind of on the on soybean industry, your time at Golden Harvest, and then what lies ahead with Illinois soy? Well, I just want to thank you for all that you do. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me today. And going forward, um, if anybody has any questions, you can reach me, of course, at SK Quarter on Twitter. But um, also, new email going forward will be stephanie.porter at illinoisilsoy.org. Okay. So, new email, same Twitter. And keep an eye out for TikToks, right? <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that might be something on the horizon. My son is still skeptical. All right. A big thank you to Stephanie for taking the time to visit with us. And the best of luck to her as she joins the team at Illinois Soybean Association. If you're not already following Stephanie on social media, you can find her at SK Porter on Twitter as well as the Illinois Soybean Association at IL Soybean. We are Heritage Ag Solutions, helping you leave a legacy that lasts. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>